Good morning. Good morning. God bless you. It's your friend, John Arcovio. And yes, we are again live with Spirit-Led Broadcast coming to you every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. And uh, so excited today. Honored to have such a great um, uh, guest with us today that I believe that God is uh, ordained. I've been trying to get uh, Michael Brodeer to come on with us. He's been so busy. Um, wonderful man of God. I'll tell you a little bit about Michael. Uh, he was raised in San Francisco during the real turbulent 60s and raised by counterculture parents. He gave his life to Jesus while hitchhiking around the country and began to train his ministry then just directly by how God wanted him to be and returned to San Francisco in 77 and was part of a church planning team there. He co-founded an evangelistic ministry that mobilized thousands to share the Bay, the gospel through the Bay Area. And then in 1984, Michael and his wife, Diane, planted a vineyard church in San Francisco, and it grew to be one of the largest and most impactful churches the city had seen in a generation. And in 2010, after 33 years of fruitful ministry in San Francisco, they moved to Redding, California, where he served in a number of different ministries, including with Jesus Culture, Global Legacy, he served in the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry there in, in uh, Reading. He's also authored several books. He's a conference speaker. He's a leadership coach. He's the founder of DestinyFinder.com as well as PastorsCoach.com. And recently he's uh, shifted to serving part-time with Catch the Fire and uh, part-time as a uh, pastor with Jesus Culture Church in Sacramento, California. And uh, if you're interested in um, seeing or uh, viewing any of Michael's uh, uh, information, you can go to michaelbrodeur.com. There you can find out about his coaching and his teaching. He has a blog there. He has books. And you can find everything you would need to find out about Michael Brodeur at his website, michaelbrodeur.com. So we're just so thankful. Michael, thank you so much for uh coming and being with us today and it's such a great honor and uh god bless you well it's so good to be with you i'm super excited about this this uh, talk we're going to have today and uh, i just want to speak a word of blessing over the audience that the lord has connected you to john arcovio and i just uh, believe that 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 connection is real and powerful and the impartation that comes is going to be very very valuable for your future so hang in there with us we're going to have some fun today Amen. Thank you. And of course, as always, uh, if you're online, if you want to uh, type in the chat and give us a shout and let us know where you're watching from. We usually have people from about 17, 17 different countries that end up coming on. I wonder sometimes in Pakistan when it's two in the morning, what they're doing at two in the morning to watch my broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. None of my business, <laughs> but uh, we're certainly glad you're here. And of course, if you want to type something in the chat, we might be able to uh, get to it if it's a question for Michael or something of that nature. But let's go ahead and just dive in. And, and Michael, I became connected to you initially through Bethel. We were uh, working and connected with Bethel through Joel Power as Bethel Network Leaders when we were in, in Houston. And um, I, I think you had done an interview uh, with uh, Bill Johnson, whom we love and honor, wonderful uh, apostle and father of the, the body of Christ. And uh, I finally had the opportunity to, to meet uh, Bill Johnson this year at the Global Summit. 
Oh wow! I was talking to him, and I said, "I said, Bill, you don't even realize that you've you've probably heard this a hundred times, you know, a thousand times, but you you fathered me without even knowing you were fathering me, just listening to his teaching on sonship and resting in God and and kingdom and just just rich, 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 rich." But um, thanks again so much for joining us, and uh, probably people recently know you for Leaders Alliance. You've been leading Leaders Alliance for several years now a leadership and, and pastors and ministry coaching uh, uh, ministry. And so, but you're in, in a transition to right. bringing everything under the umbrella of Catch the Fire. So why don't we just start off by talking about that transition? Sure. Well, you know, it, it really goes back about 30 years uh, when God poured out his spirit in Toronto. I was a vineyard pastor in San Francisco with my wife and we had gone through some wonderful seasons, but we were kind of, pretty tired at that moment. So we, uh, we actually uh, dropped everything when we heard about what God was doing in Toronto. And we went up there, got touched by God. And uh, we came back to San Francisco and we had literally 18 months of nightly meetings in our 1200 seat auditorium. Oh, moved powerfully. And, uh, and so we became close friends with John and Carol Arnott and with some of the other primary leaders, Randy Clark, and some of the others that had been a part of that outpouring. And so, you know, we stayed in the vineyard for a couple more years. We transitioned out and, uh, and uh, pastored a, a non-affiliated church for the next, uh, this is after Wimber passed away, for about another 10 years. And then uh, probably about, I'd say, five years ago, we started to reconnect with the uh, Toronto group. And by that time, they were called Catch the Fire. And, um, and so uh, I was invited in to do some coaching with a couple of their churches and ended up actually in a meeting uh, at John and Carol Arnott's house with a few friends really talking about the future of the movement. Where is it going? How are we going to get there? And that's really where uh, things started to gel in our relationship. Now, what happened as a result was um, well, we were talking about two primary things. One is succession. Because John and Carol were getting older, they were approaching 80 years old, and it was time to uh, start talking about, you know, who is going to be the next leader of the movement. And then the second thing was that they had two movements under their under their oversight. One was called Catch the Fire, a smaller but more dedicated movement. The other one was called Partners in Harvest, a larger but more amorphous kind of group. And uh, we brought the two together, and then ordained uh, um, Duncan and Kate Smith as the new successors for the movement. This was all done just in an amazing process, but it was also in the middle of COVID. So a lot of it happened online, virtually. Anyway, the qu quick story is, is that we ended up actually taking time at that point to, um, you know, talk in detail about what my role could be. And they invited me, would you consider joining our movement and being a part of our apostolic team uh, on the global level? And uh, we prayed about it. We came back and had a meeting with, uh, with uh, Bill Johnson and just you know, said, Bill, what do you think? I mean, these are old friends of ours. They're inviting us to have a role here. And he just said, I really believe it's the Lord. I think you should go for it. And uh, I said, well, can we still be based at Bethel? Absolutely. You know, he said, I spend half of my year serving these other ministries. And uh, it would be very much inconsistent with who we are. So anyway, the final result was um, I ended up actually taking a halftime position with Catch the Fire. 
And part of that position entailed starting this thing called Leaders Alliance. And Leaders Alliance is a global community of kingdom-minded leaders from both the marketplace and from ministry dynamics that are coming together to increase the impact in the world. Okay, this is really what we did. So for two years, we built this amazing bridge between Catch the Fire and the rest of the body of Christ. But then about six months ago, it became clear that things were shifting. And the Lord wanted us to actually really focus more, you know, because up to that moment, we had been focusing on really building leaders across the body of Christ in the name of Catch the Fire. But the Catch the Fire leaders were saying, but what about us? We have good leaders in our movement who need to be equipped to a new level of leadership. Can you turn your focus and start really concentrating on the leaders that we have in our movement? And so that's really what we're up to right now is actually working with um the key leaders within the movement. So that includes what are called cluster leaders, which are leaders that are actually helping to oversee and support and pastor some of the pastors. And then it also has to do with a few, probably maybe five to 10 key churches in the movement to see these churches raised up to be in a sense, flagship churches for the movement. So it's an exciting transition. We're super happy to be in the process of it. And uh, we're going to be launching actually in the fall with a really strong launch then in, in uh, January. But it's, it's life. You know, life is always transitions. And, and we always want to make sure that we're continuing to close the aperture, to focus where God wants us to focus. And so this is one of the key steps we're taking to really see this movement that has been so influential over the last 50 or 30 years to see it kind of reclaim its place of influence in the greater body of Christ in the coming season. So that's the, the longer version of the story, but it gives you some background too on Diane and me and our journey in these recent years. Amen. Well, I'm really excited to hear about this shift and this does play right into something I wanted to kind of chat about at the beginning of our dialogue. And that is, I know that Jennifer and I, we've really sensed a great shift in the past three years to what we would call apostolic networks, that God is really bringing a transition to that wineskin. The, the wineskin is definitely expanding and shifting. Yeah, and uh, I, I believe that one of the great things that is happening is that uh, what I would call apostolic networks, and I use that term apostolic, very general, just meaning people so that are sent into their assignments, yeah. uh, is, is becoming relational. Relationships is becoming the key it's it's the key dynamic that is leading the kingdom of God and 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 causing shifts to take place in these networks, but not just the wineskin of that shifting of of these networks becoming more relational, but also focusing on seeing the generation, mm -hmm. uh, the millennials, yeah. uh, the Gen X, uh, Gen Z, excuse me, being raised up, and I, and I believe that is something that that is in the heart of, of Jennifer and myself is that mm -hmm. God is raising up spiritual mothers and fathers yeah. to raise up sons and daughters to become mothers and fathers in the kingdom. Yeah. So, um, maybe you can talk a little bit about this dynamic that's uh, takes is taking place in leaders uh, Alliance. Yeah. And, and, and again, just as a reminder, like, you know, we're involved with leaders Alliance as our primary commitment um, but really, the, the Lord's kind of positioned us in a way that we get to actually speak into about seven or eight key movements right now around the body of Christ, which is really fun because I get to see different, you know, variations on the theme. 
But you're right, all of them are becoming more relational in their focus, less organizationally or structurally driven, although still we keep, you know, whatever organizational structures need to be there. But really, it's all about relationship. And that really brings us to one of the key points that we're focusing on right now, which is the kingdom of God is all about family. <laughs> that family is in the very heart of God. In fact, in, in a, a Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, it, Paul's praying in, he, in one of his apostolic prayers, and he says, I bow my knee before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. That ultimately, family is the best descriptive. Now, for centuries, we've fallen into patterns of building the kingdom around like a business model or a military model or some kind of governmental monarchy or structural model. But ultimately, I think we've been coming over the last maybe couple of decades to a greater understanding of the value of relationships that we're in this together, that gifting is a secondary dynamic, but who I am as a person, who you are as a person, John, we get to connect. We get to build friendship. We get to build camaraderie. We get to build a sense of common vision together. And so, yeah, relationship is the key. And what we're learning in this process is that really, ultimately, this is our key to reaching the next generation as well. Because as we look at Gen Z, they're not so much interested in institutions, no. Or even Sunday morning gatherings. No. I mean, uh, thanks to COVID, uh, you know, and again, I'm not saying this in a positive sense, but, but you know, the church has actually decreased attendance by about 40%. And it's just a realization that, wait a minute, is this the real thing? Or should we look for something else, you know? And so I think there is a, there is a, a shaking going on, a, a refocusing going on that is really focusing back into what is authentic Christianity? Come on. What is our relationship to one another? How can we walk together as true brothers and sisters in Christ and see God's kingdom expand in a powerful way? So I think, I think you're hitting it. And I think that it actually is the Lord bringing us around so that we can talk in a language that I believe is more attractive to emerging generation young people. You know, I think one of the challenges um, in leading uh, people, just leading people in mm -hmm. general, is since COVID, everything took a dynamic shift. Honestly, I had no experience with social social media or online yeah. before 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 COVID. I mean, uh, but after COVID, everyone became ex experts. <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody had their podcasts and their show and this and that, and that's fine. But you know, I, I think you know people are searching for significance. You know, the Lord spoke this to me one day when I was kind of getting annoyed because I was getting so many people from countries like Pakistan and India, countries I've traveled in and I've been to. Yeah. And I love the people, but it just seemed I was getting all these messages and people just reaching out. And one day God said, you know, everybody's just looking for significance and they're looking to belong. Mm. And, you know, and while this medium is, is wonderful and I, I'm thankful for everyone today that has uh, come on and is, is sharing this. And, but, you know, there also has to be those times of one-on-one -on -one touch, one-on-one -on -one connection. Yeah. And I know that in the past year, God has shown me the value of sitting down with someone and just having a coffee and just sewing into their life. That's good. Hearing their journey and hearing their story. And I know, you know, our, our, our desire is to duplicate it and reach as many people and impact as many people as we can. 
So there's a time and place for the large conferences and, and the, 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 you know, being able to, to, to impact people, uh, many people at once, you know, hundreds, yeah. thousands, even beyond. Yeah. But it, that, that, that touch, that, that, that uh, one-on-one somehow has got to be captured because I know a lot of people, the biggest disappointment they have in seeking, you know, for uh, a network or a group that prov- wants to provide training and wants to provide, you know, to help them, you know, empower them to get to the next level or to step into their destiny in these different, you know, taglines that we, we, we see and we have. Uh, but to have that accomplished, sometimes people feel like, you know, they're just uh, one of many and it's kind of yeah. just automated. And yeah. AI is becoming more and more and more of a pitch of, of, of a of reality. I mean, I mm-hmm. I was recently uh, just messing around with a chat GP and was stunned at what the power of what it could do yeah. as opposed to what we used to do for hours with Google. <laughs> You can type one thing and everything you need is right there. And and AI is becoming but it, but AI cannot replace yeah one on one. So what is your yeah. plan going forward with what God has given to you to provide that 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 sense of people belonging and really having that that connection? Yeah, no, that's such an important long question, but <laughs> no, 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 it's it's an important question at this day and age. Uh, actually, I came to a realization. This was um, about maybe five or six years ago. I was traveling in Brazil, working with some friends down there that are leading a movement, and I saw the effects of another movement that had been there maybe twenty years ago. It's called G12, and again, beautiful. I have so much respect for those leaders and what they built. But unfortunately, it became a, a source of burnout because it was so driven. Okay, and, and as I was praying about it, I felt the Lord spoke to me about three kinds of churches. And he spoke to me about the idea of fantasy, factory, and family. <laughs> and, I was actually ask you to talk about this. So yeah, and, me to it. <laughs> and, and it, it ties into your question because... You know, a lot of churches, especially in the Western world, especially in the U.S., a lot of churches are focused around what I would call fantasy church. In fact, John Wimber used to say it like this. He said that out of all the churches, he had, he had surveyed 40,000 churches. And he said 80% of them are playing basketball without a ball and without a hoop. <laughs> in other words, he was saying they're just going through the motions, but they're never really getting anywhere. Okay, And in response to that, there's been a group of churches that said, okay, through programs or through small groups or whatever, we're going to institute a a structure that's going to change everything and get people going, get them delegated, get them moving. But the problem is, is that they did it in a non-relational way. In other words, they focused on delegation, but not on development. So we just said, well, wait a minute, what's the antidote to those two problems? Fantasy on the one hand, where you just go, you know, a big stage centered church where people are just coming and they receive from the pulpit, but they don't really receive anything else. Or on the other hand, these structured organizations that are so driven and and, uh, regimented. What's the antidote to both those? And we said, well, it's family. It's what we talked about in the first portion of our talk today, John, is family is the key. Well, what's family all about? Well, family is first and foremost a place to belong. 
Come on. It's a place where you are known, a place where you are experienced, a place where, you know, if you're an infant in a family, you're going to, you're the treasure of the household. You're going to be loved and cared for. You're going to be carried at night and, and burped. Even if you keep your parents up, you're going to be, you know, changing dirty diapers. I mean, it's, it's, it's belonging. But then family, after a few years, moves from belonging to becoming. And this is a relational extension. Like, in other words, I relate to you. I love you. I, I, I receive you. You're mine. But then you're not just mine to keep you as an infant. I want to see you become an adult. Wow. See, child rearing is not about raising children. It's about raising adults. And adult, raising adults in the kingdom is all about helping people discover their God-given destiny and then giving them a pathway, helping them to build a life map that will give them successive steps of development to become the person that God's called them to be. And this is true family. It's a combination of belonging and becoming in such a way that people, in a sense, achieve that final word you talked about, which is the word significance. Mm -hmm. See, I believe every one of us is created for significance in Christ. Every one of us has massive potential in Christ, but oftentimes in a more traditional church structure, a more organizationally driven structure, those things don't get explored. They don't get developed. And so people end up being 30 years a believer, but they still are infants in terms of their spiritual life. We want to see that change. See, something happened to me when I realized actually about 20 years ago that the Great Commission was not just a good suggestion. It was actually my job description. And I went from being a pulpit-centered, a stage-centered minister to being much more relational. I ended up actually taking half of my working hours and spending them developing individuals, spending one-on-one time with generally up to 20 people a week, helping them to develop into the fullness of who God called them to be. How did you structure that, Michael? I mean, did you do them one-on-one did you bring all together in one no a lot of one-on-one time wow that's an amazing we have to remember that jesus spent the majority of his time with 12 guys come on come on from here to there and i'm sure he was paired up with one of them for a mile and then switching over to somebody else for a mile in other words how do we replicate that in our modern world well for me it had to do with okay well i can fit in still handling my administrative pastoral responsibilities, still preparing for Sunday mornings, which I still value, but I can actually fit in four to five personal meetings with individuals in my church, not pastoral meetings per se, but actual developmental meetings, helping this individual discover their God-given calling, then helping them say no to sin, no to distractions, to pursue their God-given purpose so they can achieve their highest potential in Christ. And so those meetings actually became my normal daily bread and butter. Come on. And so again, we can go into more detail there if you want to, but it was it was, so it was a shift. And this is one of the things in pastorscoach.com that we train pastors to do is yes. how to actually shift so that the you know a fair percentage, let's say 50% of your time, is spent with individuals in individual leadership development, not just in general with a big audience, you know. And so some of that includes, you know, like meeting with a group of leaders, you know, I'll have uh, 10 to 12 leaders in a room and speak to them, but that doesn't replace that personal investment. 
two things that comes to me is, you know, first of all, it's saying by uh, the leadership coach, John Maxwell, he called it walking mm -hmm. through the crowd slowly. <laughs> I and like being willing to touch people's lives on yes. a basis and not just be driven to, to move a crowd uh, with a message or, or, but the second thing is, you know, I was talking with Jennifer about this the other day, you know, because you know, she was talking about just, you know, we could see so many people in an environment where, we, where we've been connecting and, and, and uh, worshiping uh, over the past few, uh, probably now for 10 months. Yeah. But uh, she was like, she could see so many people that she saw needed help. And she's like, well, how do, where do we start? I said, you know, Jesus, he just passed by the disciples and basically mm -hmm. just said, follow me. Yeah. Uh, told Peter and John, follow me. I'll make you pictures of men. Uh, you know, right. and, and I don't know if it was just his, his, the drawing of his, or his anointing, or I mean, there's probably a lot of assumptions we make, could make, but what's amazing to me is, is these were people that, like you said, were willing to drop what they were doing to pursue something greater. Yes. And that is such a key because, you know, the internet offers so much and it's just so broad. I mean, you type in, just type in the, 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 the word prophetic or absolute network and right. 500 right. pop up. There's sure. so much out there. And, 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 and it's kind of like, you know, some people can be like a chameleon that runs across a blanket and blows up because it's trying to relate to all the colors. <laughs> you know? and they're trying to get it. And you got to pick and find yeah. the one that God directs you to and follow and let them work with you. You can't, you don't become transformed and taught just in a weekend seminar. That's or even true. just with, you know, you've got to allow that trans transformation to come. And I was looking at your list there, uh, fantasy, factory, family. And I think you could probably add to it AI. Because I saw two weeks ago that guy in Germany started the first AI church. And all avatars attended it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what? No, 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 that's not right. transformation. Right. <laughs> but, no, it's uh, not true. But, well, again, I think one of the biggest hindrances for the Western church is that we have become so celebrity driven. And AI is just the next step in that. I mean, if you don't have to study, but you can just go to AI and get your message for the week and you can get the best illustrations and you can get, you know, it's like, who needs Jesus anymore? You know, that's one of the downfalls. Now, again, I love AI. I think it's actually very exciting to me and I've played around with it a bit and uh, it's just been, you know, a revelation, but at the same time, it could also be a great interruption. And uh, so we have to be careful about these things, you know, because, again, all these tools are wonderful, but they all can be actually they can all limit that authentic human uh, expression. And so celebrity driven church, conference driven church, concert driven church all produces these great environments where a lot of people can be in the environment. But are they getting touched? personally are they getting developed personally are they actually encountering true spiritual mothers and fathers who can actually help them take the significant steps necessary to become who god's called them to be see this is what's lacking as we become more automated as we become more uh let's call it stage centered 
you know, put your hand on your neighbor and pray for them for 30 seconds. That's going to be discipleship in our generation. No way. That's not discipleship. And so, again, Jesus didn't say go into all the world and put your hand on your neighbor and pray for them. Or Jesus didn't say go into all the world and have Sunday services, although I love Sunday services. This is a springboard for the relational dynamics that ultimately bring transformation in people's lives. And so this is what we're after, is we're after sons and daughters who rise into full maturity in Christ and become the, the carriers of kingdom reality to bring transformation within their world. I mean, this is who we are. And so I'm excited to see a new revolution in the body of Christ coming right come now. On, come on, so, come on. Yeah. This has been such an engaging discussion that we were almost out of time, but I want to go over a little bit today just because sure. it's so good. Go it. and yeah. I just know people are being being blessed and being touched. And and uh, but you know, going back to kind of revisit, uh, you talked about you know the importance of of you know, finding the the eighteen twenty you talked about and pouring into them. Jesus called twelve. Yeah, in three and a half years pouring himself into these twelve. Yeah. Turn around and turn the entire world upside down. That's right. And recently I was talking with someone who was a, a leader of a network. And and the conversation came up how sometimes when you're leading a network, people ask you, well, how many churches? Yeah. And it's hard to quantify that in, in when, it, when it's relational. So he said, John, he said, for instance, there's one, just one person that I'm working with, just one in Peru that has a conference every year with over 2,000 apostolic leaders that come to it wow. and he said within his what he's working with to become a leader like that you have to have 10 churches that you're working with you either planted or you're sure. serving or you're he said so just from that one man alone it's resulting in 200,000 people wow being impacted that's so wonderful that's for 200,000 20,000 excuse me because yeah. uh, two uh, two thousand leaders times 10 will be 20,000 right. but Anyway, you know, we can never underestimate the power that one life can impact. That's so true. That you can, that God directs you to to pour yourself into. Yeah. You never know where that person's going to go and what they're going to do in the kingdom. Yeah. And and yes, I do believe we need to reach as many as we can. And I have my times where I teach, you know, 15, 20, 30 at a time. But I just. Anymore, Michael, I just love yeah. the simplicity of sitting down and pouring into someone's life. That's so good. Watching them slowly transition into destiny. Yeah. So why don't you maybe speak into that as we wrap up this yeah. broadcast? And well, right now, you know, it is my, I have probably about, gosh, I'd say two dozen people that I'm meeting with on a consistent basis and, um, and more. You know, but but that's the ones that I'm meeting with generally monthly. And those relationships are some of my favorite relationships because, again, we're tracking. I'm taking notes. I mean, I'm keeping track because it's hard with, you know, 20 or 30 people to make sure that you're touching the specifics. So I take it seriously. I take notes. I, I process. I pray for many of those individuals. And so, but the point is, is that if we can keep kingdom reality relational, if we can make sure that without neglecting the large groups, I love large preaching and I love conferences and I love Sunday mornings, all that's good, but it's a quality quantity tension. Okay. The quantity is awesome. The quality is what's needed. 
And if we're not delivering on both at some balanced level, we're going to really compromise one for the other. You can compromise quality and just spend time with one or two people. That's good. Okay. Or you can compromise in the other direction. I believe both are essential for a true apostolic impact to be measured. And so that's what I do. Seriously, like half of my life is spent on calls like this with just individuals, just talking about how are they doing since the last time we talked? Are you growing? How's your spiritual life? How's your family? How are your kids? How's the ministry you're involved in? And I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm offering different counsel at different points. But I'll tell you something. I believe my most meaningful impact is with that one-on-one -on -one or one-on-a-couple and that's it. And so I want to encourage you as a leader, if you're leading people or if you're just starting out, I want to encourage you to find a few people that are a little further uh, back on the road. They're not as far developed as you are and take them under your wing. Spend a little time sharing with them what you're learning in Jesus. Share with them your testimony. Share with them your vision for the future. And then help them to actually discover their own so that they can move forward. And I'll tell you something. You're going to find an incredible growing significance in your ministry Come on. as you pour into the lives of others. Well, how can I squeeze into one of those slots, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do have that going, and so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. No, all seriously, uh, yeah. talk a little bit about anyone who would like to uh, sure. connect with uh, Leaders Alliance and what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, Leaders Alliance is in that transition we talked about at the beginning of the talk. But, yeah, if you want to join Leaders Alliance, uh, we do charge a certain amount for Leaders Alliance membership. But it also is a point of, you know, because it just costs us money and time to do what we're doing. But we're, again, we're trying to keep it as reasonable as possible to make sure that we're able to deliver because we don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. <laughs> we want to make sure that we're actually uh, serving people at the level that will help them. One of the things that we're releasing right now that's going to be a great benefit is a new book called The Quintessential Church Revolution. And uh, I have it on my social media. We haven't released it yet, but this next week, we're going to be releasing it in digital form. It's going to be very affordable. I think we're looking at like $5 a copy digital, but it's 270 pages of how to build ministry that is providing this relational impact that we've been talking about. And so, gosh, if you can access that, we're also, there's also a Facebook group called the Quintessential Pastor. Join it. Just come on board and check it out, and we'll make sure that you get access to all the stuff we're doing. Because, again, we're not trying to, you know, we're certainly not trying to make a profit on any of this. We're just simply trying to make sure we pay our bills as we serve the greater body of Christ. So, yeah, join us. Become a part of what we're doing. And uh, and then as we build more relationship, um, you know, you could become one of those people that I'm pouring into on that regular basis. And again, I don't charge for it, but uh, most of the people that I do serve contribute to what I'm doing or we serve in some other way. So it actually works out. And I, I say the same for you, John, you know, that that you've got bills to pay. And so if you're on John's call, I want to encourage you to start sowing into his ministry. You know, John and Jennifer are amazing leaders. And I just want to encourage you that um, – that we, that we have that, that responsibility to serve those who serve us. So just go for it. But regardless of all of it, I want the, the greatest return on investment for my time is that you're pouring into the lives of others. 
You're actually raising up others from infancy to maturity in Christ so that they can return the favor and do the same for someone else. So, so good. God bless you guys. So good. Thank you so much, Michael. This has been a wonderful dialogue, and I look forward to being able to talk with you again. So yeah. Well, let's get some time offline, too, so we can just hang out and build our friendship. Sounds good, sir. Hey, well, God bless you, John. Love to your wife as well. Okay, take care. Take care. We hope you were blessed, edified, and strengthened by today's ministry and message. If you would like to know more about Spirit-Led Family Relational Network, please visit www.spiritled.net. We would love to come alongside you, align with your vision, and help to empower you to reach your destiny. May the Lord richly bless you, and thank you for joining us today on this time of sharing of God's word, anointing, presence, and power. This is John Arcovio. God bless you. Mm -hmm.